Hi, Johnny back at Bricks and Mortar Podcast. This is episode number 80. What I want to do in this particular episode is introduce you to our newbie investor. Um, we're not going to name who it is. We're going to keep everything under wraps. He is, well, you'll find out, he's just 24, about to turn 25. He doesn't own a property and up until maybe six months ago, he knew absolutely nothing about property. He was introduced to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, the Kawasaki book about two or three years ago put it down, didn't do anything, but he now thinks that the time is right. And what I'm trying to do is to guide him through the path of buying buy-to-let property as a newbie investor. I'm going to introduce them to some of my friends, some of my colleagues, some people who have stood on other people's shoulders. And now it's time for them to help moving forward. And so I think it's going to be interesting. We're going to get him on. Um, we're going to have to get him on on a monthly basis, and we're going to see how his journey goes. So he's certainly up for it. I'm looking forward to it. Let's introduce our newbie investor. He gets on. Hello, I'm signed in on the wrong account. One second. How are you doing? I know we were trying to keep you under the radar, but I thought coming on under a different pseudonym, I think. Under an maybe, alias. Yes, take, taking it just slightly a bit far. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well. Very well, indeed. Listen, I thought I'd, I'd just get you on just for a quick chat. And I, th- I think what we should do is just maybe get you on once a month just to see how your progress is going. Uh, just for a bit of yeah, background sure. for the, the, the folks that are listening. Um where your background is that you are a first-time buyer, you don't really, maybe, what, three months ago, did you know anything about property? Tell us a bit, a bit about less how, that, you, maybe like, how you got in. I mean, so how I first really started was I was playing cricket down in Birmingham. One of my teammates suggested a book to me, Rich Dad, Bird Dad. Obviously, most people in this industry have read it if not, you know, most business people. Um, and that was a few years ago, but I didn't really do anything about it. Sort of got the concept. So I was like, this is interesting. But then probably probably even like a month ago, a couple of months ago, really started to kind of dig into it um, and take it a bit more seriously. Um, Why did you go back to the book? What was the inspiration for you going back to the book? I think it was, it, it, it always... It, it just planted a seed there yeah. the seed was there um but it's it was almost like yeah that's all well and good investing and stuff but you kind of need money to invest first so that had really been my last two years and the last sort of 18 months i've just been traveling anyway so yeah i wasn't really yeah. um going like on the financial offense shall we say so um <laughs> yeah but but since i'm i'm back like in the real world now um that seed is still there and being sort of festering. So, um, yeah, just just looking into various things. I started doing a bit of forex trading as well, so that that got me sort of off and investing right in the sort of deep busy end. And mm-hmm. then understanding that there are obviously trading is is very active and it's just a full time job. 
as opposed to real estate, which is a little bit more passive, obviously as passive as you'd like it to be, um, mm-hmm. depending on how you manage properties. But um, yeah, so so it was it was really just um, just that, like, and realized that that if if I want to do cricket, which is what I want to do full time, first of all, that yeah, the yeah. the way to be investing is passively, you know. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so we've put you in touch with a couple of my pals, Nick Ponte, Bruce Patterson, and and Brian Wright, and we'll, we'll touch on the various things that that you got from from those three guys. Um, and I guess there will be different things that you will have gleaned from them. Why property is, I guess, one of the most important questions, certainly from the people who come to me and ask about getting into buy to let. The first question I always have for them is, well, why is it that you want to get into buy to let? Because the, the stronger your reason why and the goal that you're trying, and that sort of links into the goal that you're trying to achieve, the stronger that is and the more clear you are on that, then the professionals, be it the solicitors, the mortgage brokers, the sourcers, the accountants, the better their advice is going to be. So first of all, I mean, I think you've probably alluded to why you want to get into to property, but what's the end goal for you? So, I mean, I think it's, again, it's a bit of a cliche, but I know, I guess like financial freedom is a bit of a sort of like buzz phrase at the moment, but I guess like me knowing me, I'm very, like a, I'm a very independent person and I want to do things my way for better or for worse. I want to do things my way. And so I, I've realized that unless you have, the economic capacity to do what you want to do your way, whether that be a business or a career or whatever it is, you know, you need to be free in time and have a good amount of resources. So with, with investing, it just, and property, especially, it just was something that I could do once and do it well and get paid every month for it, you know, and as well, it's scalable. So for me, really, it's just about as well being able to pursue cricket because I'm in between contracts at the moment. So I don't know how long that would go on for. So if I have things that are are bringing in income every month um, that I don't actually have to leverage time towards or I only have to leverage a few hours a week towards, um, that it frees up a lot of time to do other stuff, to follow like passion projects or start other businesses or yeah so it's, it's it's really about trying to trying to find um ways in which i can i can just free up my time to do stuff that i want to do that might necessarily not be of monetary value and also my like for for my parents as well you know like they just i think there's a, there's a great opportunity like especially property because it takes so long sometimes you know like it's a slow burner i can get into it early 10 15 years time hopefully i'll have a skilled portfolio big portfolio that is doing well and then you know everybody can eat off it so to speak um and and yeah really those are those are my two kind of things just sort of like freedom to be able to choose what i want to do and choose the stuff i want to spend time on and then also like for my family as well um yeah Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Uh, and then as 
As far as how many properties, have you got any idea as to how big you want to try and scale this? I mean, we, we've, sp we've spoken about limited companies. So clearly, from as soon as you mentioned limited company to me, because you've done a lot of, of research and we'll touch upon the, the education that you've got, but clearly to me, you're thinking quite big on this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this is something as well. I'm realizing more and more about myself. Like while I was away traveling, I thought, you know, sitting on a beach and just surfing will be fun. You know, I can do that forever. But there is a, a big part of me that is like very driven and just for whatever reason, it's not really for material success. It's more like just in pursuit of like a struggle and something to work towards and putting in hard work. And I enjoy that graft. So for me, it's like, there's no real doing something half-hearted or just doing it to get to here and then stop, you know, yeah. I want to do it to the best of my ability and see how far I can go. And I mean, you know, by everything I've kind of been looking into it, it doesn't really make sense to do the hard work, learn how to do it, do it a few times. And then as soon as you know how to do it, then just stop, you know? So for me, I'm like, that's the hard work done. And then, you know, the more, the more, I guess, advanced, but more straightforward thing is doing it again and again and repeating it. Um, obviously still with quality, but, but yeah, so, I mean, as big as possible. I mean, even like today, I've been looking into HMOs and stuff just it's one of those things you go down and there's all these different routes you know so just something i've been been looking into i've got a friend down in birmingham he does service accommodation and he does really well on that so i think it's just it's just curiosity and and yeah just just why not why why wouldn't you want to scale it you know if, if you can if you can put in a little bit of time figure out how to do it and then it's repeatable yeah. And I just think it's, it's worth it. And each wise, just tell the listeners how old are you? 25, oh, almost 25. And next month will be 25. Okay. Uh, the curiosity thing is great because I think that the more curious you are, then the more you'll desire to learn. And the, the thing that you've probably already found out about property is that everybody is very, very giving of their time. And I think the reason for that is because they themselves have stood on somebody else's shoulders. And it's very much a case of, of paying it forward for a lot of people. I certainly know that of, of, of Nick Bruce and, and Brian, that, you know, they've all been in the situation where you've been at. And what they want to do is that if they see somebody who was maybe them 15, 20, 30 years ago, uh, and, this, and they realize the struggles that they had, they want to impart that knowledge. So maybe you don't have to go through those same struggles, or at least you know the struggles that they went through and it's up to you as to whether or not you avoid them or not. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I'm realizing that more and more because, because I guess like the, well, the only industry I've been in really is cricket. You know, I've not really been involved in business in general much but once I had kind of like it's sunk in like people is the way that you're gonna navigate it you know like it's the deals are done between people the information is passed between people yes there are resources but you know you're gonna get more value from a person having a conversation with them so as you pass me on to Bruce and then Nick and Brian so it's just that kind of like almost a little 
a trail, you know, of breadcrumbs. You just got to keep following the people, keep speaking to people, picking up bits along the way. Um, and that's been a real kind of light bulb moment. Like, you know, that's, that will be the same in anything mm -hmm. I do. I should always try and find people who are experienced um, and successful in it because they're the people who are A, going to know the most and give you the best advice. And, and in my experience, are the people who are more, most likely to want to help you. You know, even in cricket, it's, it's usually the guys who've done the most who want to help people the most and are most passionate and curious about it, like you mm -hmm. said. That's great. That's a great answer. Uh, so tell me, have you got maybe three, that are one thing that you learned from each of the individuals that you spoke to? Okay, so from Bruce, um, he spoke to me a bit early on about potentially going down the route of looking to get properties um, mortgage-free as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So he was, as I've kind of realized now, is there's so many ways to do it. And the way you figure out how to do it is <clears throat> knowing yourself and knowing your situation, you know, like you say, start with the end in mind. So he said, if you're working alongside it and you don't need that rental income, pay off the mortgage as quickly as possible because in you know, 12 years, 15 years, you can have all these properties that are mortgage free. And then you really are looking at retiring if you want. And uh, think, so that was a real. I think the other, the, the other thing from that is that it gives you that degree of flexibility that if you are paying down your mortgages, then it gives you that opportunity of potentially remortgaging as the market rises. So if you've got a situation where the price of your property increases and your mortgage decreases, then the bit in the middle, which is the bit that you can release, gets bigger and bigger. And so therefore, if you are repaying it down, then really what you're doing is you're just saving up potentially the deposit for the next property. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, and I mean, that's also, also something we've spoken about quite a lot. Um, looking at the market and you know you can't really predict it but maybe timing it so you can get more equity out of a home after you buy it and looking a few years further down the line mm. um, but yeah that was one thing I mean I learned so many things just in the space of you know two half an hour 40 minute conversations with Bruce um, but that was that was one sort of thing uh, mainly from him um, Brian obviously very from the get-go, very knowledgeable, straight-shooting mm. guy. Really like it, the way he goes about yeah. things. Yeah, it, it, he is. It, it's from, you're quite right, from the get-go, as you say, he's he's no nonsense. He's, he's telling you as he sees it. Um, he's got a lovely way about him as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So he, he um, I guess what some people had sort of said to me in general is like, or from a lot of stuff I've been reading is, is like, you have to have a team, you know, a team of people like you're confident in and that are going to just like give you value, not just in their specific kind of uh, role that they need to fulfill, you know, and from the get go, Brian was talking about, you know, potential sourcers and, and different um, clients he have that are investing as well and the crossover and everything. So just kind of big thing from him was just like, just how much value he looks to give other than just doing the numbers as an accountant, you know? And I think that's just, 
a good or a great lesson to learn going forward for anything, you know, not just sticking to what it, what it is that it, you're supposed to be doing, you know, and just doing no more and no less, um, really like over providing value and over, over giving, you know, because it'll always come back to you. And also you're, you're a lot more likely to, to essentially get more clients as well. You know, if, if you can give more than just doing the numbers, because I guess I would assume, you know, in, in, the, in the accountancy world, it's pretty competitive because, you know, especially with softwares and everything coming out now, if people can just do them themselves, you have to have something that's unique that you can really, you know, um, provide to people. So that, that was, that was a big thing from Brian. I think a lot of the accountants, uh, what they've been saying, certainly recently when I've been speaking to them, is that they can no longer be perceived as being the number crunchers because AI is going to overtake all of that. And as you say, there's things like Zero, there's things like QuickBooks, which has really taken a lot of their bread and butter away. So what they've had to end up doing, the accountants, is giving extra value and had to think about their business model as to how they're moving forward and, and things like, and, and <clears throat> firms like Brian's firm have, have absolutely nailed that. So, so that's really pleasing to hear. And then Nick Ponte. Yeah, I had a good, good chat with Nick. Um, he gave me a few more specifics about like rental prices and areas that are like up and coming and stuff. So our, that conversation was a bit more like, into the nitty gritty of um, of actually looking at wh where where would be good places to buy, where would be where are places of rental demand, you know what mm -hmm. what sort of rent prices we're looking at in different areas. So that was really good. It was it was a more of an insight into the daily operations and management sort of side of it, and the actual um, sourcing the properties, looking for good deals, and where to look for them, and what sort of things you can find on websites and stuff um so yeah I've, I've had a good um a good good range right from the get-go of just kind of like a small bit of every part of it then it's like okay here's the information like go and take it and then and then run with it good and it's not put you off um what well, how, how much there is to learn no no well no the actual <laughs> buy to let industry it's not put you off in any way no i don't think so no it's, it's not put me off it's um i think i think anything this is how it appears to me is like anything you're gonna do that's gonna make money is gonna require some time and some hard work this just seems like most of the work is in the preparation rather than the actual execution the execution seems like there will be problems that come up mm. and you have to be able to solve them. But if you have a, if you have a management team or you have a, like a, an estate agent that's managing your property, you're still relatively hands-off. You're just saying, yes, replace that. Yes. Or no, don't do that. You know? So most of it is in your research and your preparation before you go into it. And I guess I'm, I'm, I'm quite used to that because with cricket, it's like you, you just you train more than you probably actually play matches. Well, mm -hmm. if you take most of the year, you know. So most of it is in preparation, and you're used to just essentially like 
not 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 being rewarded directly for your um, work straight away, but down the line, that's where it pays you, you know. And as I said, it seems like a pretty good business model to me that you put in work once for a strong six months, getting a property, potentially refurbing it, then like renting it out, getting everything in place, and then it pays you every month for ever, you know. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty, you know, reasonable business model for doing six months of hard work to get it in the first place. Brilliant. So there's a guy, Philip, Philip Howard, I'm going to introduce you to. I'll speak to, to Philip. I'm sure that he will be more than happy to have a chat with you. Um, he's started pretty much at where you had started um, and, and he's full time in property. So he would be a good guy to speak to. Uh, again, um, he's got lots and lots of experience in doing JVs with all sorts of, of people. So He'll be a guy. I'll put you in touch. So what are you going to do? I mean, as I say, I think what we should try and do is have you on each month just with an update as to where you're at. So what what is the next month? Have you got any ideas as to where you want to be and what you want to be looking at this month? Yeah. So as you know, waiting at the moment to get some to get to get um, property my mum has, which was my grand's property, and they refurbed and been renting that out since she's passed away and that's mortgage free so looking to mortgage that property and then use that money to to distribute and and buy a few more um and so i guess at the moment the big sort of conversation i've been i've been having with myself and with other people is like when when to sort of buy and what really business strategy to double down on Mm. um so second half of the year is probably looking like because at the moment it is like I was looking today and stuff and it is pretty uh, pretty dry but I mean I guess it will give me a good opportunity these next few months just to keep just keep looking out just keep learning things every day I'm I'm looking at properties um just learning stuff like you know how many in that area what 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 property sold for or you know that was that was 10 grand more last week and now it's 10 grand less you know or vice versa just trying to pick up all these little like subtle cues that can potentially when I am looking to pull the trigger um, in a few months time um, or I do find the right deal that I am as clued up as possible. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what the next, the next month sort of looks like. I like what you're saying about finding the right deal because it's absolutely imperative that, you know, the first couple, in fact, any deal that you do is the best deal for you. So we need to make sure that <clears throat> your money goes as far as it possibly can. Uh, because if you make a mistake now, then it means that it's going to slow you down incredibly um, as, as you move forward. Can you still hear me? It's a microphone. I think that's a still. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, can, yeah. You, can okay. you hear me? Back. Yeah, loud and clear. Yeah. No, that was my fault. Um, yeah, so making sure that you get the right property. And, and the problem thus far is that there is just so little on the market at the moment. Um, and there just doesn't seem to be a desire by a lot of people 
to actually put property on the market. So what it means then is that um, there's, too many, there's too many buyers out there and there's not enough people who are, are selling. So I, I think as the vaccine starts to roll out, then I think what will happen is that more people will be prepared to put their properties on the market. It was something that I hadn't really considered, but I was speaking to, to somebody today and they said it was an estate agent and they said, I couldn't really understand why there was, there's a couple of things that I've been thinking about as to why there's no stock on the market. One of which is that they, in order to move up the, the property chain, you are taking a bit of a risk in that you're probably increasing your mortgage. And it may be that people don't want to increase their mortgage because they're concerned about the economy. I understand that. There's also an issue, I think, with regards to the stamp duty side of things that people just maybe aren't prepared to pay the stamp duty that they're having to in order to move up the food chain. But the third thing, and the thing that I suppose has been staring everybody in, in the face, a lot of people do not want to have people in their property because they're petrified of, of catching COVID, passing on COVID. And I guess it never really crossed my mind because I don't really know anybody who's had COVID. And I don't know anybody who's had COVID who's had a really bad, you know, go of it and has ended up in hospital. But I guess if a close family friend or... Um, you know, a mem member of the family had got it and maybe, you know, had a really serious complications, then it would change your mindset completely. And so I wonder if once everybody has been jagged and we're all, um, we've all had the, the second dose, you might find that people's mentality will then change and say, well, listen, everybody's now out of lockdown. We're back to some sort of semblance of order uh, or normality. Um, and so it may be that in the third quarter, that's when you're going to start to see more properties come onto the market. So I think it really is just a case of, of biding your time and, as you say, doing all of your, uh, your investigation work. Because, as I say, you've got to make sure that you make the right choice now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought of that as well people being in I mean I guess there's like virtual tours and stuff but it's not really the same as being in and, and kind of like dealing the property out I guess yeah um but yeah I think that's um it's uh it's this it's amazing how in any market you're in essentially they're they're driven by like human human qualities and it. it's like well they always say like it's markets driven by fear or greed you know like depending on how it's going so yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I think it's it is well with something that's such a long term investment. It's not like a stock where you're looking to get in and out. Um, something that's going to be hopefully you know you're not going to look to sell it ever really. Um, so yeah, I think I think being patient, waiting for the right time is definitely something. Everybody's kind of said to me is, don't rush into anything. Make sure yeah. you you have all the facts straight. Um, and I think you said it in one of your, your videos, like properties, like buses, you know, like if you get into emotionally attached, especially if you're investing, you're not even going to live in it. it. It's kind of, 
um, counterproductive. So yeah, definitely put it away. And and also initially, it's not it's not all my money, so. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure I get it right. <laughs> I, I mean, at the moment, it's not all your money. Let's let's hope as we talk in the, uh, and and hear your story as the years roll by that uh, you know it, it is your your own money because I'm absolutely certain that you know your work ethic is not is is not to be questioned. Um, and I think anybody who has a strong work ethic will do well in property because it's just a case of learning the ropes. And once you've learned the ropes, then as you say, it's just a case of rinse and repeat. It's not, it's not rocket science. Once you've got one and you've bought well, they do say that in buying property, you make your profit when you buy, not when you sell. So I think always bear that in mind as an investor that you, you make your money when you buy, not necessarily when, when you sell. Okay, well, listen, let's, let's circle back around. Really appreciative of you coming on and as ever for your time. Um, let's circle back around what's now. This is what 16th of March, We'll just middle of April then we'll we'll have a catch up then. Yeah, for sure. Sounds Excellent. good. Good stuff. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he's going to get on. He's a young kid. Uh, there's no doubt about the fact that he's got a passion for property, but I just think that it's going to be difficult to get the right property in this current market. And I think he's probably going to have to bide his time on that because the market is just super, super red hot. I mean, various stories coming out from the various estate agents, one about Lennox Avenue property there paying £105,000 over home report value, just completely nuts. It just doesn't seem to be sufficient enough stock. And we obviously alluded to that when we spoke with uh, our newbie. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing how he gets on. We'll have him on in April just to see where he's got to. Has he managed to uh, speak to his folks? And how is he getting on with regards to actually starting and incorporating the limited company? Because I think he's going down the route of the limited company. Everything will pan out, I'm sure, for him. And I think we've all got to be wishing him all the best. Right, going to knock it on the head there. We've just gone a tickle past the half hour. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week with another show. Keep listening to the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Remember, pick up the phone, call Johnny, start renting. Mm-hmm.